if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we get started at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Wednesday, the sixth morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Did you ever think there would come a day when it would feel or seem, and maybe it's not, appropriate to correct the great communicator? President Reagan, at the end of that clip that I play for you at the top of every hour, and I have for the last couple of years, uh, he says, peace is the greatest aspiration of the American people. But then, of course, goes on to say we will uh, never surrender for peace. And I feel like I, I never thought that we would be in a place where, A, I would need to change or correct the words of the brilliant President Reagan, um, but I feel like this is a different time. And right now, today, I don't know that peace is the greatest aspiration of the American people. Shockingly, in the land of the free, in the home of the brave, it is freedom that is the new highest aspiration of the American people. Because it is being taken from us very slowly and very, very easily. We are the frog in the pot. It's a nice, comfortable temperature right now. And day by day by day, as for the frog, minute by minute by minute, that that temperature is getting a little bit warmer. It's getting a little bit warmer. Still comfortable enough. No big deal. And, And we don't realize that we are being cooked from the inside out. We don't realize that we are in the throes of the loss of freedom in the United States of America. I can't say it any more plainly than that. Our freedom is literally in jeopardy, and we are allowing it to happen because we don't know what else to do. Why? Because we're afraid. Because fear... I think more so than love, more so than compassion, more so than virtually any other human emotion, I think fear is the strongest of human emotions. 
It's one that is extraordinarily difficult to overcome. When you are afraid, you lose your capacity for rational thought. When you are afraid, you are looking for, well, what's the old uh, adage? Any port in the storm. You're looking for some place to be safe. No matter where it is, any port will do. When you're terrified, when you're afraid, when you are sufficiently um, scared to breathe the air around you, without putting a mask over your face, when you're afraid to interact with other human beings around you, and you walk, if you're approaching somebody, you make this great big arcing loop around them to avoid catching the deadly plague. When you are sufficiently terrified of all that is around you, you are easily manipulated. You're easily lost. Your freedom is easily taken from you. Fear is such an extraordinarily powerful thing. When people are terrified, they will do whatever they are told in order to have whatever it is that's making them afraid uh, taken away from them. I remember being a child on a roller coaster. No, it wasn't even a roller coaster because I was a really young child. I, I think I was like maybe seven or something like that. And it wasn't Cedar Point. It was a, it was a uh, uh, carnival. It was it was a local carnival, and it was one of those spin rides where you just and I'm and my my lap belt wasn't on right, or my bar the lap bar or whatever was wasn't down, and I was terrified. So I was just screaming every time it would loop around to the the carny operator, the ride operator. I would be screaming, "Stop the ride! Stop the ride!" I was terrified. Anybody who could just stop it, no matter what the impact was on other people, stop it! Stop the ride! I'm scared. Right now, there are millions of Americans who are terrified. Stop businesses. Stop work. Stop retail shopping. Stop restaurants. Stop people from trying to kill me by breathing near me. Make everybody mask up. Don't let anybody harm me. Fear, it controls your emotions. In the moment of your terror, you'll do anything. You'll, 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 you'll beg for anything. And right now, we're begging to the government to stop the ride. Not we, per se, not me, not probably you if you're a listener of this show. Not Jack Windsor, who's going to be joining me next hour. Reporter from Mansfield. The guy that we uh, focused on uh, with this question last Friday that exposed Mike DeWine as being the complete incompetent uh, 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 governor that he is, there are, there are tons of us, millions of us, dare I say, that are not allowing our fear to control our lives to the point where we tell the ride operator uh, to do whatever he has to do to save us. No, there are millions of us who don't want to be a part of that, but there are many more millions who do. Look at the popularity of Mike DeWine. Look at the look at the poll numbers, if you will. The New York Times just put together a six-minute butt-kissing video for Dr. Amy Acton, calling her the leader we wish we all had. Six minutes of Amy Acton making decisions in the state of Ohio and getting away with it 
and being praised for it. Why? Because people are terrified, because fear controls their emotions. Fear, rather, as an emotion, controls their minds. Anything, any port in a storm, anything to stop the terrifying ride. Do what you've got to do. Just stop it. Please. So here we sit watching the government and, in some cases, the courts doing exactly what we are begging them to do. We're scared. Keep us safe. We're scared. Stop what is terrifying us. Even if it costs us, the one thing that should be and is, at this moment in time, our highest aspiration with apologies to President Reagan, it's not, it's not peace right now. It's our freedom back. We have been too willing to surrender it slowly like that frog. We are slowly surrendering our freedom, and we are willing to sacrifice anybody uh, in order to get it. You want an example? Listen to the story of the Dallas, Texas salon owner whose kids were starving, whose mortgage was going unpaid who needed to open her business in order to be able to take care of her children and the children of her stylists who worked in her salon. She was given a choice. Follow the fear or defy the government and open her business so that she can pay her mortgage and feed her children. This is what happened to her. One another. Minutes after that announcement that you just heard, a Dallas County judge ordered a North Texas salon owner to spend time in jail for defying an order and opening her business last week. Let's get to Andrea Lucia. She is live for us now in Dallas with this breaking news and a lot of reaction to this already in a short time, Andrea. Yeah, that's right. You can see Shelley Luther's supporters here behind me hearing from her attorney at this moment as she was taken into custody here within the last half hour. She was sentenced by the judge to seven days in jail uh, for criminal and for civil contempt. She was also fined $7,000. The judge found that she continued to operate her hair salon in violation of the governor's order and in violation of a restraining order from the court. The judge told her he would consider not giving her jail time if she agreed to close her salon until the governor allowed it to open, and if she admitted that she was wrong, that she was selfish, and that she should apologize to the elected officials whose orders she violated. I believe we have her response. So just to make sure before you hear this next part, the judge told her that he would consider not uh, sending her to jail for seven days and fining her $7,000 if she would apologize admit she was wrong, and admit that she was selfish for trying to feed her children. This was her response that she read to the judge in open court. I have to disagree with you, sir, when, I, when you say that I'm selfish, because feeding my kids is not selfish. I have hairstylists that are going hungry because they'd rather feed their kids. So, sir, if you think the law is more important than kids getting fed... And please go ahead with your decision, but I am not going to shut the salon. Uh, that is when the judge uh, issued his sentence. Luther's attorney back here told me that he would be immediately appealing it. I also asked him if her salon would continue to operate with her in jail. He said he suspected it would. If you uh, follow social media, 
you will find an awful lot of people applauding the judge because that woman is selfish. How dare she think of herself and her kids being fed and her mortgage being paid when people are afraid? Don't you understand? We're fearful. We're fearful of coming into human contact with others because it's going to kill us. And so you, by opening your salon, put people near one another that could potentially kill them. So they're glad that the judge has sent, sentenced this woman for trying to feed her kids to seven days in jail and a $7,000 fine. She can't even make money while her salon is closed. She can't feed her kids, but now she has to pay this fine? And why? Because we have empowered our officials, elected and judicial, we have empowered them to enslave us because we're afraid. Fear is the most powerful of human emotions, and it's something we must overcome. We'll be right back. Okay, it's 924. We continue on AM 1420, The Answer. So, fear has paralyzed this nation. Fear has convinced many, many millions of Americans to give up their liberty, to give up their freedom, so that they don't breathe in toxic air and find themselves on a ventilator and dying. Never mind the fact that the statistics are completely 100% inaccurate. Never mind that the fact that the models that predicted those numbers were wholly inaccurate. They continue to follow them. Example, headline yesterday, nearly 350,000 Americans will die by the end of June if all states lift their coronavirus lockdowns Tuesday, according to a new analysis. The prediction is part of a new model from the University of Pennsylvania, aiming to chart how state reopenings would directly impact coronavirus cases, death tolls, employment, and the nation's GDP. At this point, there's been little to no exist, uh, little to no existing work that's really quantified the trade-off between the economic impacts and the epidemiological outcomes from COVID-19, said Kent Smetters, professor at Penn's Wharton School. If each state maintains its lockdown, according to this study, this model, the U.S. would suffer 116,523 deaths and a loss of 18.6 million jobs between May 1st and June 29th. However, if each state fully reopened with current social distancing measures, the death rate would soar to 349,812, but with the loss of just a half million jobs during that period, as opposed to 18.6 million. A partial opening where states lift stay-at-home orders and school closures would result in 161,000 deaths and the loss of a million, um, 11 million jobs. How we value lives against economic outcomes, these are the decisions that we need to make democratically through our elected elected officials, said Alex Arnon, senior analyst at the Penn Wharton Budget Model. So, what I said in the last segment, fear driving all decisions 
to allow elected officials and judicial officials to essentially limit and remove our freedoms, that fear is going to be perpetuated by models like this and the media pushing them, saying if we open up the states, open up places like Ohio and your businesses, 350,000 people are going to die. And as I've pointed out, I don't know, four million times over the course of the last six weeks of this, the only deaths that seem to matter are the coronavirus deaths. Because let me bring you story number two. ABC News reporting this. This isn't a Fox News story. This is an ABC News story. It shouldn't matter, but I guess it does in today's media climate. The national hotline that provides emergency help to people suffering from emotional distress has received nearly nine times more calls than it did this time last year. An increase of 891% as tens of thousands of Americans have reached out for help during this coronavirus crisis and the economic shutdown that is forcing families into states of desperation. Federal officials on the front lines of the pandemic response have privately warned members of the White House and the DHS that many more Americans will find themselves in dire straits over the coming weeks and that U.S. agencies are not properly prepared for the unfolding mental health crisis. The mental health crisis. Nobody talks about that. Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks, Mike DeWine, Dr. Labcoat, none of them. It's only about how many people are in the hospital with COVID. How many people have died from COVID? How many suicides are going to be resulting from tens of thousands of people making calls to a mental health hotline that never made calls before? Nobody cares. Which brings me to story number three. This one has a local flavor. This one's out of Youngstown. Mahoning County Children's Services has seen a steep decline in referrals during this pandemic, and now the problem is growing much bigger. In March, the department was concerned that with more families staying at home, referrals would be down. Many come from teachers and school officials. What does that mean? Teachers and coaches and counselors and and administrators and a lot of people who see children in in an everyday setting that would notice and see noticeable marks or bruises on children aren't seeing these children anymore. Anything that might make you suspicious that a child is being abused or neglected, those eyes and ears are not on those children every day. The Stay Safe Ohio Directive, otherwise known as the Stay at Home Directive, is keeping Ohioans in their homes now through May 29th, and it means huge problems for children. And caseworkers are terrified as, uh, at what is going to be uh, coming their way once children are allowed back into public settings like daycares and schools, because they are going to see that these children in terrible, horrific situations have been abused and neglected to unimaginable levels while everything was locked down. I repeat once again, nobody making policy from Dr. Labcoat to Governor DeWine to the federal level doctors are talking about these people. The suicides, the mental health issues, the domestic violence issues, 
the abuse issues, the depression, the anxiety, the despondency that leads to the suicides. Nobody is talking about these. The only people you are allowed to be concerned about are COVID people. And you better be terrified that you don't become one of them. That's what this is all about. Nobody else's problems matter. And that's what we have to fight against. All right, I'll take your calls for the next half hour at 216-901-0945. I've got a guest coming on at uh, 1010, Jack Windsor, who has been a thorn in the side of Mike DeWine at each of the daily briefings. He's out of Mansfield, so he's got a short trip down to Columbus to be at all of these briefings, and he has been a pain in the governor's neck. And for that, I will salute him when I get him on the air at 1010 this morning. But for the next half hour, your calls, 216-901-0945. Back after the news. You know, one of the uh, one of the most effective tools that they have to keep us afraid, as I discussed fear in the opening segment, and it's fear that's driving us to surrender our liberties. It's fear that is allowing people or driving people to defend the use of drones flying overhead and spying on us to determine whether or not we're standing too close to somebody else. It's fear that allows us to give up our civil rights so willingly, our, the Bill of Rights just being torn uh, and shredded, and, and, and we're okay with it because of our fear. One of the things that they do to drive our fear is to shame us, to condemn us, to call us what that judge called the salon owner in Dallas, to call us selfish. If we dare uh, suggest anything that is contrary to the ongoing narrative, if we challenge the orthodoxy of, hey, you have to wear a mask and stay inside in order to save other people, forget about yourself. Let's look at other people right now. This is what um, Andrew Cuomo has been very good at, the uh, governor of New York, saying, you don't wear the mask to protect you, you wear it to protect me. And if you don't wear it to protect me, well, you're selfish because you could kill somebody. I'm perfectly healthy. You don't know that. You don't know if you're healthy. You could be an asymptomatic carrier. You must stay inside, and if you come out, you better wear that mask because you could kill somebody. And they shame us into buying into their fear. What if I am asymptomatic? What if I am carrying something? What if I don't know it? I could kill somebody. It is time for us to cast off those bonds, if you will, uh, the, the, I mean, seriously, we're being kept in, in, a, in, you know, in, the, in the bondage of fear. It is time to cast them off, and I want to tell everybody, and not that this is my, my uh, baby, this is not mine, this is uh, something that is going on that I want to share. Once I was told about it, I said absolutely. Coming up on Saturday, we're going to cast off our bonds. We are going to scream from the rooftops all across the state of Ohio that we will not live in fear, that we will not be shamed into thinking that if we want to reopen our businesses and get our jobs back so that we can feed our children, that we don't care about killing people. We are going to scream that our elected officials and that our judicial officials and those that would prosecute us, those that would jail us for simply being free again, that we will not accept that. 
It's called Rally Around Ohio, not Rally for Ohio, not Rally in Columbus. Rally Around Ohio, as in all 88 counties around Ohio. There is a website that is online, and I will, obviously, it's a website, it's online. What I mean to say is it's on social media, it's on Facebook, it's on Twitter. I will share it very shortly as well. So if you follow me at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio, you can uh, take a look at it for yourself and see where your local event is happening. But it's going to come up on Saturday, the 9th, this Saturday, at 1 p.m. Times are going to vary, but most of them are starting at 1 p.m. And there's a website. It's called FreeOhioNow.com. And, again, I'll post a link to it. Volunteers have announced protests in every county in this state, or at least that's the goal. I think as I looked at it this morning, there may be a couple of counties not yet uh, organized and not yet planning and having announced a location, but the vast majority of, the, of them have been. So if you are done with Governor Mike DeWine and Dr. Labcoat's orders, if you are done being a slave to fear, cast off your bonds now and join us in screaming for freedom. Now, this isn't going to be literally screaming like the idiots in the liberal camps when President Trump beat Hillary Clinton and they screamed at the air. No, 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 no. When I say scream, I mean we are going to make points. We are going to rally. We are going to argue on behalf of liberty. We're going to argue on behalf of the Bill of Rights. We're going to argue on behalf of the broader Constitution. And we are going to demand an end to this servitude that we are slowly being walked into. We are going to demand the right to live free, breathe free, work freely, socialize freely, live freely. We will not be kept hostage any longer by a governor who is on an ego-driven power trip and a, a state health director that apparently is the only doctor in the state of Ohio. Apparently, Dr. Labcoat is the only doctor in Ohio. Did you know that? Because that's the only one that's allowed to make decisions, even though there are medical professionals, doctors, in every county, on their county boards of health, that would very much like to make the decision whether or not people are safe enough to go to work and go out to eat and to take care of their obligations in their various locales. So the counties are rallying. FreeOhioNow.com has information there. And I clicked on it this morning, and you'll see literally every county listed. And it's all alphabetical, so it's easy to find yours. Adams, Butler, Champaign, Claremont, Columbiana, and on down the line we go. I found mine, Lorraine. It's going to be up in Avon. Lorraine County's event is going to be uh, 1245 to 2 p.m., so a little bit over an hour, up in Avon at Route 83 and um, uh, Detroit Road. So I'm a Lorraine County, and that's where I'll be. Uh, but every county in Ohio is, we are hoping, going to be represented by this. I don't know how many uh, have confirmed, like I said, but the goal is 88 counties. And if you can share this information with friends who are in another part of the state that can't hear the Bob France Authority, share this with them and help get them organized in their counties. That's what has to happen. And we need to see a massive show statewide of support for liberty and freedom and opposition to the oppressive, tyrannical regime of Mike DeWine that is concerned only with one thing. And it's not health. It's not health. It's power. 
Strongsville. Bob, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go, thanks for waiting. Go right ahead, sir. Hi, Bob. Thanks for taking my call. I'm a retired school administrator with a Ph.D. in education, and I'm amazed at how little thought DeWine puts into any of his orders. This latest trial balloon was two days a week is what he's going to possibly offer for students next fall. And I just can't understand how he can bypass local control. When we have a snow day, that doesn't come from the state. Each local superintendent makes that decision. And then I'm concerned how this is going to affect extracurricular activities. Are you going to have no extra? There won't be any. You know, Bob, let me, let me, let me jump in because, problem. yeah, let me jump in. I, I literally was saying the same thing yesterday when I heard his uh, ridiculous proposal of uh, staggered schedules. Kids would get two days in school, two days, uh, you know, uh, uh, laptop learning or virtual learning or whatever uh, in order to stagger things so that uh, they're not so, so crowded in classrooms and uh, closer than six feet to one another in cafeterias and, and so on and so forth. Um, number one, it's a terrible idea from us from the standpoint of learning because kids are, are not learning by laptop right now. I guarantee right. you, I've talked to, I, I cannot tell you how many people, how many parents I've talked to, because I've got a high schooler, these kids are absolutely learning nothing this way. That's number one. So it's a terrible idea. Number two, it's a pointless idea because even sending half of the kids in for two days and then the other half for the other two days at giant schools, big schools that have really crowded classrooms, you're still not going to make these kids or uh, 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 force them to stay six feet apart. And then... The last part for me, and I'll let you get the last word, Robert, is that uh, you're right. If they're not allowing the kids to all come to school at the same time because they'll be too close to one another, then they're sure not, surely not going to allow kids to be lined up next to one another on the football field or on the basketball court or on the volleyball court or anywhere else where they may gasp, touch one another. Uh, so it would be an end to extracurricular activities, including scholastic sports, if he were to adopt this ridiculous idea. Go ahead. I'll give you the last word. Okay. Social distancing for schools will be basically an overcrowding problem, and there's a ton of information in the school literature, especially from California, Texas, how they've handled overcrowding, alternate scheduling, a lot of different creative ideas. But again, each school district will be different, and it shouldn't come from the top down. Thanks, Bob. Completely agree. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate it. Uh, but it will. And here's the reason why. Because what you said as is, is 100% accurate. <clears throat> the state doesn't call snow days. The school districts calls their own snow days. You know, the superintendent and the school board, however, whatever their whatever their plan is, everybody has their own, you know, uh, model that they follow as far as deciding when they're going to have emergency days. Uh, it doesn't come from the state. And so your thought is right that the state then shouldn't tell them what days they should be in school or how many days. But they're going to keep the state of emergency. And as long as this is still considered by Mike DeWine to be a state of emergency, and his ego tripping behind will indeed be uh, keep that uh, uh, state of emergency in place, that means all power goes to Amy Acton. That means the abortionist doctor lab coat, Amy Acton, the liberal Barack Obama supporting uh, Ohio Department of Health director chosen by Republican supposed pro-lifer Mike DeWine. And I'm getting off on a tangent there. I'm sorry, but I'm just disgusted by that woman and the fact that she holds so much power in our state. But she will be able to make the call. 
As long as we're in a state of emergency, all public health orders given by the health director must be followed. She is the law. And, and, as, and that's the, the, the sad truth of that matter. She, if she can tell businesses you cannot open, she can tell schools you will remain closed except for two days. You will have alternate days. You know, Group A of your students will go to school on Monday and Tuesday while Group B stays home and does virtual learning. Group B will go into school on Wednesday and Thursday while, uh, while Group A does virtual learning. I don't know why they just did two and two instead of two and three because there are five days in a week, but you get the point. She will make that call. Let's go to uh, North Olmstead and BJ. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go ahead, BJ. Thank you, Bob. Uh, there's another element I would like to bring up besides the fear factor. And uh, you just shared it today, the anger element, the anger of people who feel their freedom has been taken away, their employment has been taken away, their movement through life has been taken away. And then there's the other anger of the group that wants to see it continue. I had a person shove me because he thought I was less than six feet away from him in a store. Physically came over and pushed me back another foot. Uh there are going to be people out there that don't want to give up these masks and don't want to give up this contention that we have to be told what to do and how to live our lives. This is going to be the serious situation I predicted would happen a couple months ago. People are weaponizing themselves. There is anger out there for those that want it to continue and those that want their freedom. And the freedom people, such as yourself and many of your listeners, are the ones that really have to step up and show their strength. They're talking about doing it this weekend by shouting, open it up. It's a sad thing to see in our country, but we are in conflict among ourselves, and that is the worst thing that could have been brought upon us. And this governor and that doctor are perpetrators of this anger between the two groups, and we have to become very aware of it. It's a very dangerous situation. Before this month is out, we will see violence if those that do not want to go back to the way of freedom in this country are going to be resistant to the freedom lovers of America, and I thank you for your time. BJ, I appreciate it, and I do not disagree at all. Uh, this is what we are facing, and I think it is going to get... You know, look, you said somebody literally pushed you away with their foot. That's called kicking somebody, and you may have taken that, and uh, you know, and I know, I know you, I've met you, and you're probably not in the best position to kick back or push back, but guess what? They try that with some 25-year-old with a shorter fuse, you're going to start to see a lot more problems uh, than, you, than, than you want to see. Let's put it that way. And um, uh, I, I'm not calling for it, of course, but I am predicting that violent uh, altercations between mask wearers and the fear mask shamers uh, and those of us who believe in liberty and who don't buy into this hype uh, those confrontations are going to become more and more frequent. And eventually, confrontations that start out with kicks and punches and hands oftentimes lead to weapons, and that is something that I am terrified of. But it's something that I believe those who are trying to foster all of this discontent are counting upon. They are. I mean that very seriously. United together, we are a very, very serious force. Divided in this manner, we are helpless against the government. That's just reality. Right back after this. Can't you see? Oh, can't you see? What that woman she been doing to me? 
855. Got time for a couple of more phone calls here before the top of the hour. After the top of the hour, if you have been watching and listening to Governor DeWine's daily BS sessions, uh, otherwise known as his press briefings on the uh, coronavirus, the Chinese coronavirus, let's clarify that. Uh, perhaps you've noticed one voice uh, being the only voice among the uh, reporters questioning the uh, esteemed Ohio leadership and actually challenging them on some of their BS. Uh, that guy is Jack Windsor, who is a television reporter, an investigative reporter from Mansfield. He's the one who asked the question that I thought was the best question of the entire period of time thus far since this whole thing began back on Friday when he asked Mike DeWine to justify with direct facts not circumstantial facts, but direct evidence of the need for this emergency order to continue. And Mike DeWine was just stumped. He just he just babbled on about, uh, well, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and, uh, you know, there's uh, a lot of people dying, and, uh, you know, we have to try to find a balance between health and letting people get back to it. He didn't answer the question at all. Just embarrassing. Well, Jack Windsor asked that question, and he'll be my guest coming up at 1010. Uh, let's go to Erica, who's in Illyria on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Erica. Oh, yeah, you called yesterday, and you started to tell us a story, and I told you I didn't have time for it. I'm glad you called back. Go right ahead. Yeah, I got to say, you know, I am living in fear, not of the coronavirus, but of the future of my child. Is she going to be able to walk down the street without having papers or a mark on her arm? No. I mean, this is just crazy. I, I mean, know. seriously, at the, at the pace we're on, the answer to that question is no. Your child will have to have every what the rest of us will have to have, which is papers certifying their immunity or papers saying they haven't you, you haven't yet uh, uh, caught the virus, and so therefore you don't have the antibodies, and so you have to wear a face mask. So, you know, I mean, legitimately, this is the direction that we are in right now. I'm not saying we're ultimately going to get to that road, but if we don't change the direction that we're on right now, the course that we're on right now, yes, that will be the outcome. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, so I don't really have time to get all into it, but if everybody just looks up the Romanian Revolution of 1989, that could be coming here. I mean, we own the governor's mansion and the state capitol and all those. We pay for those. If they, we don't want them in there, we remove them. People are waking up all over. The silent majority is silent no more. Uh, this is just crazy. Um, I know... You have sponsors and stuff, but I would love it if you could get Dr. Tenpenny on and she could talk about the Dr. Fraudchi and his corruption. He's been there 30 years. How, how corrupt can you be? Where is Amy Acton getting her orders from? From corruption. I mean, this is just ridiculous. One last thing. The Tanzanian president um, took COVID tests that have never been used on humans, and he tested a goat and a fruit. And both of them came back positive. This is just craziness. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate it. I'm not very familiar with the Romanian Revolution, but I appreciate the uh, heads up. And uh, if I get a chance to look that up, I will do so. But I appreciate that, especially if it does have kind of a, you know, if it's a portent of things to come here. Lakewood, Dennis, AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Dennis, go ahead. Dennis, I have two questions. Yeah, there you go. Gotcha. Go I, have, I have two questions. <clears throat> One, when was the first time you ever heard of Amy Acton and Dr. Fauci? Before this year. Okay? Not at all. Yeah. I mean, well, Amy Acton and, was only appointed by, uh, uh, by uh, and what are DeWine in February. What have they ever done? What have they, what have they accomplished? Well, I mean, is that a rhetorical question? Yeah, it might be, but... 
Because in Fauci's case, in Fauci's case, you know, he's he's served through five presidents now. He's served in the in the position that he's in through five presidents, and for some, he is the ultimate authority authority on epidemiology and infectious diseases, et cetera, et cetera. But there is new information about Dr. Fauci coming up right coming out right now. And in fact, I just posted on my uh, uh, social media before the show today something that I was uh, privy to watch last night. It's kind of starting to take off and go viral. There is a short documentary about 25 minutes long called Plandemic that will make you question Dr. Fauci's motives but his expertise his expertise is not really in question his motives and whether or not he's doing the right thing for the American people and for humanity those are definitely in question if you watch that video well I, I questioned him and uh, Nurse Ratchet and Governor One Term and <laughs> It's 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 unbelievable to people, and I ran into the same thing BJ ran into with a person. You know, hey, they screamed at me. You're not you're six feet. Get away from me. And yeah. Well, again, move, you know, like I said in the last segment, my friend, and I'll and I thank you for the phone call. I'll let you go so I can get to the news. As I said in the last segment, United, we are a very very uh, you know uh, a strong force. We are. We, when we are united, when we are divided and fighting with one another, we are very easily ruled. We are very easily taken advantage of. And that's one of the things that they're counting on. They're counting on people getting sick of all of this nonsense. Wear a mask or you don't care about people. Oh, yeah, shove that mask up your blank. You know, this, this is what they're trying to do. And uh, I will fully admit it, and I'm sorry to say it's working. That's why we've got to recognize it and stop it and fight back now. News time. Uh, Jack Windsor will join me. Coming up.